I never understand. Oh, stop it. This is Tall Can Audio. It is 5,386 kilometers from Umberto Delgado International Airport in Lisbon, Portugal, to the TCA studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. And our pal has traversed every goddamn one of them to be here today. And for that, we welcome him back with a hearty... Go fuck yourself. Lever Sage returns. What's happening, See, man? I see what you did there in the opening. I see <laughs> what, heard what you did there with I don't understand things that... I never understand. Yeah. I never understand how people are so stupid oh. to not listen to every word that I have to say, even when I'm 5,368 kilometers. Did I get it right? 86. 86. Damn. So close. Dyslexia. Next up, the... <laughs> The numbers um, from Umberto Airport in Lisbon and it was downtown Lisbon uh, the last couple nights before. And I, I guess this is a good thing for people. Everyone's got a hundred travel stories <laughs> like for actually getting there and delayed. Yeah. Um, eight separate Air Canada emails <laughs> to change the time of the flight the day, the night before, and in the middle of the night. So had no idea right. when this goddamn plane was leaving. <laughs> like, no idea. Because, okay, there's an email. It's 20 minutes delayed. Yeah. Not big deal. Sure. Whatever. Okay, next email, an hour delayed. Mm-hmm. An hour 15. Then mm. two and a half hours. <laughs> then three hours and 45 minutes. Then four and hours and 30 minutes then back to three hours oh that's the ones that scare you yeah okay so when you start coming back yeah this but way. went went to bed yeah and got up in the middle of the night because i have a very weak bladder um <laughs> no i do it's true all right um can't can't go a full night okay so it's important information and for anyone getting that's to, just that's just growing old as a man i was gonna say yeah. when you get old as a guy you just Get accustomed to getting up at least once. Yeah, it's part of, but check the phone because we'd gotten so many emails before. Yeah. Got another email backed up another hour like earlier. Yeah. So, no. so, <laughs> so now it's like hard to sleep because am I going to get another one? That's like and, your flight is in 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and then I came to find out from some good friends mm-hmm. that through Air Canada, they have if you are more than three hours late, it is not weather related. It is their fault. Yeah. And you're more than three hours late. Mm-hmm. It then becomes basically, it's not exactly this, but it's basically a hundred bucks an hour. So three hours, 300 bucks, mm-hmm. four hours, 400 bucks. And then I think if it's between uh, five and seven, it's 700 bucks. So now I'm like, it's three and a half hours delayed before we start. Right. Just make it another hour, and I'm going to make my whole flight back. Yeah, incoming. Like now, I, I now I don't care. I'm not in a hurry now. Like no. I, I got time. Now, <laughs> it's going to make now, me some money. Now I don't care. Yeah. So compensation starts. It has to be three hours. Okay. Why don't you take a guess 
Mr. Robinson, so good to see your smiling face. <laughs> it is like to be able to be here. It's 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 an honor, and I'm very very wow. happy to be here. Okay. Not necessarily like back from tropical sure. Portugal and yeah. one of the most beautiful downtown oh, cities in the about world. As tropical as Ottawa gets in February. It's yeah. Uh, <laughs> we yeah. thought you'd be back with a blizzard. You want me to take a guess at how late your flight was? Correct. I'm going to say two hours, 52 minutes. Why don't you say two hours, 58 minutes? Okay. <laughs> Not a dime does he get. Because you knew too. <laughs> and as soon as you, we took off and I saw the estimated time of arrival. Yeah. And it, I think it was like 3.02, something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, they're going to make up five minutes sure. or six minutes sure. because Hammer some, down. somebody yeah. is going to go in and tell them it's $100,000 for you to make up five minutes. Yeah. You're going to make it up. 100%. And guess what? We they, made it up. Of course they did. Yeah. So <laughs> so that was nice. But other than that, smooth sailing. Lisbon is, for anyone who's been to Portugal, Lisbon's one of my favorite downtown. I'm not a huge downtown guy in Lisbon. Is I, I would go back and, and stay for a very long period of time. Mm-hmm. Their downtown is the most kind of chill but historical, but vibey city that vibey yeah, like it yeah that I think I've ever been in a downtown core like I can't remember being oh. in a downtown I would say like I love Savannah Georgia but Savannah Georgia I wouldn't call big enough to be like a true right downtown how about Hamilton downtown Hamilton's really nice this time of year no um, not I, so much I really like Stony Creek and Ancaster <laughs> um, I don't know sorry Hammer yeah I'm not yeah um, <laughs> but I'm trying to think of a downtown metropolis that's as kind of cool and- Vegas? Nope. <laughs> that's for sure. New uh, York? Well, New York's its own entity, right? Like That's all I'm saying. So is Vegas. It's its own thing. Yeah. But Vegas is nothing compared- Like Anyway, Lisbon, okay. incredible. Um, got to go to Sintra a couple of days before. I was standing up because I was mad at you, and now I'm going to sit down for a bit because I'm okay. actually talking about things I like. I'm going to talk about more things I like in a minute, including yeah. everything I had to say on last week's podcast that's now come true, um, <laughs> like everything. So we will- well, Why don't we just replay that podcast no, and go, on, go Matt, have a beer somewhere else? <laughs> Matt, I'm dead serious. I think we should. Um, yeah. <laughs> because I'd like people to hear how goddamn right I was about how Morgan Riley's a genius and Sheldon Keefe is a genius and- all of that stuff, but I do want to talk about. I, I will just say, just before we get to Sintra, beer, I know I, we're going to open. Yeah, no, but even just before that, by the time the good listener is hearing this, yeah. it's Friday morning, yeah, and it is possible they have been smashed by Vegas, and so the idea that the, the genius has returned and uh, everything goes back to normal is very much on the table, and that dude, would be no, no, that no, would no, be no. hilarious, dude. You were talking about them being Owen. One and four. Did I predict that or, or did I say that was a possibility? You said it was a possibility. You. you know what I told you? Mm. I told you this was going to turn their goddamn season around. You did. How many losses do they have? They, since that moment, have zero losses. Zero. Five wins, zero losses. Has it turned their season around? They were fledgling along four points. They were in a wild card spot. They had all these teams around them. They're nowhere goddamn near that right now. They're now in the third spot. They're going to play Florida. They've got themselves out of... Any any thoughts on, on the level of competition they've faced? The Ducks, the, the Coyotes? Do you, you know? No. Okay. They've... God damn it, Matt. Like I love you, but sometimes, man, <laughs> you piss me off because... I get that. 
No, I, I hear that a lot. <laughs> because all that needed to happen was for them to start winning hockey games. That's all that any needs to happen for any team. Yeah, and guess what? Yeah. Since Morgan Riley did this very intentional thing because he was pissed off this and finally valiant finally got the of attention of his team. Someone in the face. With yes. A stick. <laughs> yeah. Since, Thank you, Bradley Craig, or whatever your name is. Since th- <laughs> since then, yeah, Ridley Gregg. Who's now a cult hero somehow in Ottawa because he took a half slap shot. Yeah. Good for you, Ridley. Um, <laughs> Hope that's not the highlight of your career. Seriously. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we'll talk about the sins later. But yep. this this has turned the Leaf season around. It has literally vaulted them from this mediocre place in a wild card spot mm-hmm. to out of trouble in as far as the wild card and cementing, cementing themselves really in the third place spot in... The division. And and we'll talk again next week after they've played Colorado and Vegas. And, and we'll see how things are going then. Oh, let's, let's, so you, let's, let's have a beer. Yeah, but you're going to be the guy that if they lose to Vegas and Colorado, say, oh, well, look what's happened. I'll say, yeah, they're 5-2. and two. So only you get to come back and say. No, well, you <laughs> said it's a possibility to go 1-4 and four yeah. and all. This. That was on the table. Yeah. It it's wasn't not what on, happened. It wasn't on my table. Yeah, clearly. You know what was on my table? Success. Genius. I genius. You mentioned in our note. This, uh, this better be a genius beer. What it, we got? Oh, see, well, all the bad things I've just said about you, we're old pals. <laughs> um, and this is, this is why we chose this occasion. Yeah. Reunited with my old pal. That's what this one is called. It's from uh, Beyond the Pale. It is a honey brown. Uh, oddly enough, small canned. And at 3.8%. Like, I sort of understand. I don't like it, but I understand when they shrink the can for a big, beefy, you know, 9%, this or that. It's a little odd to see the uh, the small can at 3.8%. But the name was why we chose this one for... Well, and for I'm a big honey brown. Yeah. If the honey's good... Right. Yeah, you got a bit of a sweet tooth. The honey brown can be excellent. Mm-hmm. So a honey... If I saw this and said honey brown ale old pals... I would get it for you as well. That's right, man. So it's it's good to have you back, even though you're already taking runs out. No, here, I'm or... I'm going to take a lot more in a second. I have but let's no doubt let's, that's true. Let's pretend we're old pals now. <laughs> See, I waited. Yep. Nice. I think I might have to f- turn the fridge down a little. Okay. Said nobody ever. What 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 a are you little, thinking? A little ice chip or two in there. I Which think. is the best. Okay. Okay. No, the best thing to do that when I ever have a beer at home, which never happens, by the way. No, um, of course. No. But when I occasionally have a beer at home, yeah, I take it from the fridge. I will wrap a piece of wet paper towel, wet paper towel around yeah. it, put it in the freezer in it's, half an hour. It is not ready until then. I think the wet paper towel thing was like the most important thing I learned in college. <laughs> Seriously, when I we did this day of of like I don't know what the hacks. And we did a whole show yes, on it. Yes, life hacks. Life and hacks. I, yeah. And I had been doing this for a while and I almost didn't say it because it was, well, I'm sure everyone does this. Right. But I said it and the amount of people that were like, oh my God, this has changed my life. <laughs> I'm like. And for people who don't know, it's it's exactly what it sounds like. You just wrap some wet paper towel around your beer, throw it back in the, the fridge or freezer. Psh, no time flat. It's, it's, no, it's it, cold. I, yeah. It's just like a. You know, yeah, maybe it, flat wasn't the right word. It won't make your beer flat. It will make it cold very fast. Right. Genius, give, man. Give, give it half an hour and it it's at a perfectly ice cold temperature. 
What are you thinking of this one? Because I'm not getting a pile of honey off of it. And you know, you and I are similar in this vein that if it's in the title, bring it, right? I, I want it to be strong. I'm not getting a lot of that. It's still a perfectly nice beer, um, but with there, not, not a ton of honey flavor to it and the 3.8%, yeah, there's, I, I, there's not a ton happening. I'm getting here. a little flavor, but yeah. because of the 3.8%, you're not getting uh, a lot of flavor. Right. And it's a cool, crisp, refreshing mm-hmm. drink. But for a nice eight degree day in February in the nation's capital. For it to be in a small can yeah, and at 3.8, as you said, I would expect a lot of flavor. Like yep. I don't even buy Rattlers sometimes because there's a, Perth has this um, ginger uh, lemon Rattler. Right. That's the most delicious thing I've ever had, <laughs> but it's 2.8%. And it's like, why am I spending you know, yep. three fifty a can on, if I want to have some juice, I'll go buy some juice. Right. Right. Like sure. I can probably make this on my own <laughs> and not spend three fifty a can. Yeah. And it's good. Like it's not a crack. It's not them. a quality thing. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a Rattler. I mean, there's, choice. there's yeah. juice in it and that's, if that's what people want to do and that's what they like. Yeah. That's, and the most ridiculous thing that I know a lot of people the the non-alcoholic beers now are like the same price or more than yeah the regular beers which is crazy like just have a just have a root beer or just have a like why people have to make it that much money yeah. for non-alcohol is beyond me but i guess if people are buying it then but so i would consider this like a good crisp refreshing drink mm-hmm. uh but at a small can 3.8 i don't know like how much were they i, I don't I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, you, I, you get I everything for free. So um, <laughs> that was a long way, folks, for Matt to say that somebody gave it to him for free. Uh, That's not true. It just came in a much larger box that I had picked up when I was over there. Uh, I pre-selected a bunch of things online, right? Placed an order and then uh, was over there on Saturday. It's a great spot to have a couple of beers, especially oh, in the- Is it ever? In the summer, right? They got a nice- like deck out front that's uh, great. They got food. It's uh, If you've never been into Beyond the Pale, and often they've got a bunch of stuff that they're not willing to- yeah. to can or, or sell, yeah. right? There's some, uh, some brewery exclusives. Exactly. So if you've so never been in, it's worth a shot. Yeah. It is. And you get to see, there's worth a lot. A shot. Worth a visit. I don't know. Worth a shot makes it sound like you're risking your life for something going in there. Worth a visit is what I meant. No, it's, it's worth a shot. Okay. Like if you, <laughs> uh, listen, I, it's a great patio. It's actually a really good experience. I don't like going on like the running nights where 9,000 people. Yeah like get together and they run three kilometers and then they sit down and drink eight beers and think that, that is that, is that a night out for you? Um, you've put on more calories than you just ran. He has come home cranky. It's, he's taken runs at a lot of people here. Um, and I don't, he's still a little jet lagged. Like what time is it in your world right now? Is, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's about five or 6 PM. Okay. But that's this, not bad. But yeah. sleep has been tough to come by. Tough I'm to sure. come by the last couple of days. And you know what I did? Like mm. I, I, hate saying this stuff about myself because it makes me seem, um, when I watch movies, I was hoping you were going to finish that. I know (laughs) when I watch movies, I'm not your typical movie watcher. I don't love movies. Mm -hmm. I watch a lot of sports. Obviously I watch a lot of TV series. Um, but I'm not a big movie guy and I certainly don't like sci-fi and a lot of the action I find phony. Um, (laughs) unlike pro wrestling which we'll get to in a second how goddamn right i've been the last little while and seeing (laughs) 
Dwayne The Rock Johnson at the Daytona 500 and people booing him. I thought that was amazing. Um, <laughs> but movies. <laughs> I'm a I'm a romantic movie guy. Okay. Like I like a I like a movie. Like if I sit down, and I'm going to give you an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. I actually don't need. I have. A, a, a lot of drama going on, like having to talk to you yeah. every week. Yeah, nobody needs that. Ha- having to talk to Zach McGibbon on This Is Wrestling yeah. and telling him how wrong he is. It's, <laughs> thank, it's, thank God you're back to it's, do that. It's actually very difficult. I've come in wearing like a, a nice European scarf, which I'm trying to <laughs> class things up. I think I bought it for one or two euro, um, but it's actually really nice. Uh, I wear it all the time now, like I'm sophisticated. Sure. But when I sit down and watch a movie, I don't Over need- Over Cheetos stained I, I don't. And... <laughs> I think so. I don't need like so many things happening on my screen. I just actually want a simple story. All right. I just with... want to see the guy get the girl. Thank you. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Okay. And so do I enjoy a good romantic comedy or even say one of my favorite things to do in the world is to watch Hallmark movies <laughs> and then bet on- when the kiss happens. Okay. Like you have to get within the minute. Right. So, I mean, usually in a two hour, if, I mean, there's commercials, but you're watching it with the commercials. So you PVR it and you don't have to watch the commercials or like the first. You're PVRing uh, Hallmark movies. Or yeah, because you don't have to watch the first hour 57. Okay. You just have to. It's like an NBA game. Exactly. You just go to the last <laughs> minute or two to see when the kiss happens. Okay. And when the guy got the girl. Yeah. Or the girl got the guy. And then. But when they throw a wrench into it and they kiss an hour 11 in and you're like, how are they filling 49 minutes at this point? Or it's one of those movies where like the kiss happens like bang right out of the credits right at the beginning. And then we go back in time and tell you how we got here. I'm not a big back in time guy too. (laughs) Like every show in the world, like I've been watching uh, Suits and I'm almost at the end of it now. Uh, Not the same. I don't want to spoil anything, but if you watch, a lot of people watch Suits. Yeah. not the same without Mike and Rachel in it. It's just not the same. Okay. And I love Harvey and love a lot of the characters, but with Mike and Rachel there, it's just not the same. But holy cow. Yeah, I don't even every, know what we're talking about anymore. Okay, every third <laughs> every third episode is like 19 years ago and they're showing but, yeah. like ni- what happened 19... 19- I don't care. <laughs> Stop. Give it... I'm watching it because I want to see what happens now. Yeah, okay. Anyway, I'm, I'm telling glad you're you, back, man. If, if, if you, I think, if you sit down and watch a good Hallmark movie, whether you're with your significant other or you just don't want any drama in your life, right. except for the three minutes about an hour forty-two in, where there's a miscommunication mm. and somebody overhears someone on the phone and they're actually talking to their sister, but they think they're talking to another lover. Right. And yep. now all hell is broken loose and they're they're packing their bags and going home and there's a big miscommunication, but it will get solved at 157, so don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> it well, it, I always, I'm a big it, friends guy. I've watched that show a thousand okay. times. So we're talking 94 to 04. That was the lifespan. So like the first- I didn't know, okay, hold on. I didn't know this about you. Yeah. I probably have watched friends yeah. more than any series in my, it's- the before bed and yeah. the thing that I didn't like, why would I tell you this is that in Italy and Portugal couldn't get friends oh, no. on any oh, device. No. And so it'll be really nice to watch it. But yeah. I don't think that there's anything like if you brought me to a friend's trivia thing, yeah. I would win. Like, I don't think there's anything that you could 
ask me about the show that I well, couldn't. I, I, all I was going to say is like, I, I watch, because by the end of it, I'm they're, happy they're that starting you're a to, guy. They ha- they're starting to have cell phones by the end of it, right? Yeah. But for the first five or six, like every miscommunication, every mishap, the, the, the key to every story is like, you should just text that guy. Like, you don't, <laughs> if you just had a cell phone, like just get out your iPhone and this would all be fine. Like you don't have, oh, I have to race around town and find so-and-so or, oh my God, they're going to assume this when they get to their job interview or, oh my God, just. Chandler's gone. Just pick up the phone, stupid. Like, that's what I, Chandler's gone. Yeah, I know. Like, he just left. Yeah. Ross has gone out all night chasing the streets to find him. Yeah. Just, just text just him. Just text that guy. <laughs> find my friend on and, iPhone and, and, or whatever. And why he probably did, checked in on... And they said they looked for a day and a half, and then they went to his office at the end? Like, yeah. Yeah. why wasn't that the first place you went to? <laughs> anyway. Um, and I hated Joey and Rachel together. Oh, yeah, everybody did. No, but like I hated it. I like watching the episodes because I just rewatch. As soon as the show gets to the end, I start rewatching it again. Right. And I just when it gets to those episodes, I I watch, but I cringe through it <laughs> a little bit. Uh, this week in two thousand and two, it's a fairly iconic moment. Canada despite being shorthanded almost the entire game, defeats the United States oh in my women's God. Are hockey. You? I want to play you a clip. I want to play Don't you a clip. Don't complain about the refereeing 20 years ago. Oh, my God. 22 years ago. Her, right. name, her name is Stacey Livingston. She was brutal. Uh, and after Canada wins that gold medal, Haley Wickenheiser ends up speaking to Don Cherry and Ron McLean on the CBC and says, uh, Haley, have you ever seen any penalties in my life? I've never seen anything like it. It was absolutely atrocious, but you know what? The Americans had our flag on their floor in the dressing room, and now I want to know if they want us to sign it. That story has largely been debunked, that the Canadian flag was not on the floor in the American dressing room. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was a documentary a year or two ago where Haley herself addresses it. And, you know, whether it's getting your teammates fired up or still sort of believing it in the moment, but not being sure. In my world, that that happened. That is a 100% fact because that tirade that Haley just had is so iconic that I can't bring myself to look at it as, yeah, that never happened. Like, it so has you're to not be true. An, you're not an objective reporter because you want to believe something. Yeah. Okay. 100%. She is foaming at the mouth in that moment. Yeah. Do you want us to sign it? Like, yeah. Get him, Haley. Fucking get him. So the fact that our flag was on their floor has to be true in order for me to still love this clip as much as I do every year it Why? comes up. Because it's... In, uh, I, I just told you, I love how yeah, over why, the top. Yeah, but why isn't it okay for her to be over the top? And if she's fibbing a little bit, because it actually rallied. Because afterwards, if you're going in and getting everybody fired up to win this game in the locker room and yeah. telling your teammates and you're fired up about it, then that makes sense to me. If it's not true. And I don't know if Haley knew it was true or not true in the moment, but if, if you knew it was a fib, you wouldn't go on national TV and bury the Americans after you've already won. I think sometimes the emotion gets to you and she probably heard it from somebody. She did hear it. From, yeah. That she didn't the know. The idea was out there. That, it wasn't just her she, pulling it out of thin air in the moment. Yeah, but no. she, she didn't know if it was true or not. Yeah. And she wanted to believe it apparently as much as you did. Mm-hmm. But to me, that doesn't matter. I never care about how people... I learned this a long time ago. And one of the people I learned it from was um, Henry Burris. Because... Henry, when he was giving it to TSN. Yeah, so you remember when he was giving it to TSN? <laughs> yeah. And they thought he was washed and, and he was not. 
some people, what I love about sports is I don't care what it takes for you to get in the place that you need to be to win. Mm -hmm. People do it differently. Yeah. Some people do it calmly. Some people do it with music. Some people do it with a chip on their shoulder that yep. they need to put there mm -hmm. and, and fabricate the chip because it drives them more and they understand that it drives them more if they start this to- This is huge in the UFC. If they All start of a sudden, you it. hate that guy because you have to. Right. I'm going to get in the octagon and he's going to try and kill me and I'm going to have to try and kill him. Right. I better come up with a reason to not like that guy if we're just buddies- this doesn't work for me. Now, some guys can. They're, it's a professional sport. You're you're just doing your thing. But there are guys that have to get there, right. have to find a way to hate that So guy. a lot of people didn't like when Henry Burris did that. At the time, I was like, I don't understand or it's hard for me to understand why he would do that mm -hmm. because I know the things that he's saying are not true. Right. I know it. Like, I, I don't think it. I know it. Mm -hmm. So why is he doing that? And you ask yourself why, and and Henry was very forthcoming with me. I mean, I got to work with him. Uh, yeah. We did some, uh, he was on the pregame show for the Red Blacks one year. He worked at CTV Morning Live. Uh, I got to know him fairly well. Mm -hmm. And we had some, some frank conversations, and he was very open about the fact that he will take what he calls partial truths, and he will make them into something that's more, because that, for him as an athlete is what drives yeah, him motivational. to get to his 100. Yeah. And it was at that moment where I learned that it doesn't matter to me if you lie or you cheat or you steal, to quote Eddie Guerrero, <laughs> Miss Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. Um, as long as you're actually not really harming somebody along the way, like literally taking something away from their careers, if you're not doing that, I actually don't care how you get to your 100, because if your 100 is the best you can possibly give, mm -hmm. then that's all you can do. And that's all a fan wants you to do and expects you to do. And th at that point, I stopped caring how people got there. So if that's what Haley Wickenheiser needed to do. Right, but again, this is after the fact. Yeah, but it's... She's the fired up. But the, the emotion of winning gold over your them. biggest rival and the only team that you hate. After the shorthanded thing. That was a factor in that game. Sure they felt screwed. Yeah. yeah. And I can't even imagine, and I've talked to so many of the, the women and about this subject while I was on the, the radio about what it must be like to pretty much know that you can tell yourself to get fired up for the the Continental Cup or the World Championship or whatever. But if you make that team in two and a half years, you know you're going to play 60 minutes and it's going to determine whether you have a successful four years or not. And it has to be that day. Yeah. No one cares if you had a great four years. If you stunk no. during gold medal day, what? you're, and, you're done. But imagine yeah. the pressure yeah. of, of that. Imagine what people have to go through. It was so unique and it's getting a little bit less, but it's still pretty unique. And at the time, it was so unique to women's hockey and to the Canadians and to the Americans, what those women must have felt like with the pressure on their shoulders of not only leading what we're seeing. And, and I got home and last night I turned on and I watched Ottawa, Boston yeah. in the PWHL. The P-Dub. And it's really the first time I've had a chance to turn on the TV and just watch 
a women's hockey game that had Ottawa in it. And yep. it was like, how cool is this? Yep. Like this was all paved by the people that came before that, that just hoped and dreamt that one day it could be like this. Yeah. And the pressure of that, plus the pressure of every day that you got up at 6 a.m. and you went to the weight room and then you practiced and then you rehabbed and then you did everything you could possibly do, not for that night or the next night, or but for one moment in four years. The pressure that those people must have been feeling. Yeah. So that's what I heard is the release 100%. of that 100%. pressure and emotion. That's it. But it's iconic. I mean, Phil Esposito, he kind of made it up too, didn't he? When he was when in 1972, when he was yeah. interviewed and you know, and all the people Everybody's booing, booing us, booing well, us, and some it, people it, booed. Yeah, a, oh, it, this it, was not an overwhelming. It hurts us so much, yeah. and we're just trying so hard. And like Phil, that some of that is just not true. And then some of the guys didn't even bother going to Russia. Other guys got like because they had a little mini camp in Sweden and. Half of them turned around and went, not half, but yeah. there were quitters. Yes. And deserters, we'll call them. And this this was war. It was. Uh... But, but when people say things like that and they know that the national spotlight's on or it's just this pure release of emotion. That's what I was getting from Haley, too. Because the other thing to remember going into that game, they had lost eight in a row to the Americans yeah. in other tournaments, Four Nations Cups, exhibition games, world championships, whatever it may be. The Americans had won the gold in 98. That was the first time there ever was a women's gold medal game. Then, like I said, you lose eight in a row. Uh, you got an American referee calling everything on you. Whether you believe there was anything to that or not, that's what happened. And at the end of it, we still got this done. And I heard through the grapevine, they might have our flag on the floor, then fuck them. Yep. I'm burying them right here. Well, and and I, I love that clip. Same, man. I, same. Yeah. And I, I don't, I guess what I'm saying to you is I don't care whether she knew it wasn't true. She heard it from somebody and decided to believe it yep. herself. Yeah. Her teammates decided to believe it. I, I don't care whether it was true. I don't. Right. Canada won. Iconic moment. 100%. Iconic interview. Incredible stuff. Yeah. Don't care how you got there. Uh, I want to ask you, I had this on the list, and I, we have this note for the good listener. It's it's in Apple Notes, and I, I jot down throughout the week some things I want to talk to Lee about, and it's a shareable note. So when he opens it up, he can see what I've written down there. And um, he can then add or delete, but usually what ends up happening is him, him just commenting on the topics I've suggested. No, I, I, I threw two out that you did not have in the No, notes that's right. That is true. Week. But there have been some where you yeah. you just put on, I don't fucking care, or stuff like Correct. that. Don't bring this up. Right. Or, so um, there was one that, it, yeah, there was a couple in this one where I you know. didn't say anything. And that's fine. I assume that means I've seen it, I acknowledge it, we'll get to it or we won't kind of thing. But I, I wanted to ask you about this one and you did not comment on oh, okay, anything good. underneath. Good. Because I thought you were going to ask me about the one that I did comment yeah, on. Yeah, no, we're going to get to that though. Um, um, this have is, I, okay, have I told you, I just want to quick, I know. I love you. Quickly, um, Morgan Riley's a genius. Have I brought that up? And the Leafs are 5-0 and oh since I told you that this was a we're gonna get to 20% it. emotional. I, I want to get to some 80, other things. I know, but I just wanted here, to remind you. we have buried you. that story. Like we have crushed that story. We've talked it to death. Who has? This show. I don't and care. everyone Listen, else. So I appreciate you are going what to you've get done to yeah. with a whole bunch of other people, uh, yeah. but this is our time. Yeah. We're old pals, yes. you and I. Okay? 
Yeah. I, I, so we're going to get to I it. I don't I care what other people have said. Other things. I told you that this is a good fucking genius thing that yeah. they did, yeah, and they haven't that. lost since. Okay. Okay. You know what? Just don't acknowledge <laughs> Acknowledge me. I'm Roman Reigns. Yeah. Acknowledge me. You are. <laughs> That's where we're at at this yes. point. So, I can love, we, can I love we, Christian. Can we, can we do the Nashville thing first? Mm-hmm. The Nashville Predators. It's going to make me in a much better mood than the basketball topic we're going to talk about. <laughs> the Nashville Predators, I don't think it put the Preds in a very good mood. Uh, coming out of the All-Star break, mm-hmm. had scheduled to take, and, and they had asked this, uh, I think it was a Saturday night game they had, and then they were going to play a, um, in Vegas on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. They had asked the organization for permission, the, uh, the players had, let's go to Vegas on Sunday we're going to take the entire organization, the staff, the coaches, the players, everybody, and we're going to see you two mm-hmm. at the Sphere, which is the big new Sphere <laughs> in Vegas. Yeah. And they got permission to do it. And they come out of the All-Star break. They win a game against Arizona, I believe it was, in overtime. But they're not playing all that well. And it sounds like they're not practicing particularly well. And then they go and they lose another game. And then they get pounded. Nine to two by Dallas at home, mm-hmm. and Nashville's coach uh, Andrew Brunette mm-hmm. goes to general manager Barry Trotz and says, "I don't think we should we should go to Vegas. I think we should take this away and say, you know what, you haven't earned this." And uh, that's what ended up happening. They canceled the trip. We're going to stay in Nashville. We're going to practice. And we'll go to Vegas when we would normally go to Vegas instead of going early for uh, for the concert. Mm-hmm. And I'm just curious what you think of this because there's a few different things floating around. These are grown ass adults that you're saying, yeah, no, we're not. You're you're grounding essentially, but also they are players on your organization. They just got smashed at home in front of twenty thousand paying fans, and uh, you have the right to say, yeah, no, that was a. Maybe a favor is overstating it, but we were changing plans. We were going to go and have to practice there and these sorts of, we're not, we're not taking the little vacation. We're taking that carrot away from you. what do you think? Sometimes I look at these topics and it's, I try not to judge them in the moment because I don't know how well Barry Trotz and Andrew Burnett know their team. This is not a GM and a coach. That have been there. It's true. First year for both of them, I For believe. a long time. Yeah. If you are a long-standing general manager and a long-standing coach and you know your team, you know their personality, you know who they are, you know a lot about them. If So I'm trying to think of a, a good example. Um, like the old Scotty Bowman days or... Now it's so hard, right, to get that long tenure... Pierre Dorian with, and DJ Smith. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> well, they've been here a long time. Yeah, that's not the example that I would have brought up. No, I'm sure um, it wasn't. But let, John Cooper. Yeah, let's just say, I was going to say John Cooper yeah, and, and Tampa. In Tampa. So if John Cooper went to Steve Eiserman. Julian and, Brisebois. Yeah, but really Steve Eiserman. Steve Eiserman works for the Red Wings. He's at probably the not going to ask him. At the time. All right. Well, when yeah. they were having success. Okay. The two cups were under Brisebois. Yeah, that's how we do that. <laughs> okay. Regroup, I, regroup. No, I will acknowledge that even though my point about them getting to the highest point was under Eisman and he left them 
you are correct, Matt. The highest point, I think, was probably the championships. No, I realize, but yeah. but those those were all. The architect was Iserman. Okay. However, you are correct in your <sighs> very petite. Um, I'm so rarely mini- called petite. <laughs> minuscule analysis of the one percent <laughs> that you need to be right on. You are absolutely correct that Julian Breesbaugh was the. The point is, if John Cooper wow. went to the general manager, I know I, some people have to acknowledge when they're wrong, and I just did, and you were right. <laughs> takes I'm, a big I'm only capturing that part. Takes a big man. Yeah, yeah, not a petite man. Minuscule. Yeah, I know. I heard uh, you. So. <laughs> Anyway, if John Cooper went to the general manager, whoever the hell that was, yeah. and said, hey, this is what I think we should do, and then the GM agreed, I, I have no problem with that. Right. They, they know their team. Yep. So I don't care how long Barry Trotz has been around, and I don't care about if Andrew Burnett's the hottest new coach that's great and is going to be great for the next 20 years. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time believing that they know the pulse of their team so well that they're going to be able to do this and their team's going to be able to trust them the rest of the way. It's hard to judge right now because yeah. they're right on the cusp. I believe they're tied yeah, they're for a team. Yeah. They're tied for the wild card spot, the mm-hmm. last wild card spot. Mm-hmm. If they make the playoffs, then people will say, "Hey, they did what they needed to do. And, and they did come out and beat Vegas in their next game. Yeah. Now, maybe it, coincidence or maybe not. Yeah. Maybe it got to them. Maybe it's just a long regular season yeah. and shit, shit happens. happens. Yeah. yeah. So I actually think this is a terrible long-term move by people that might not yet know the pulse of their team, but think that their hockey experience in Barry Trotz and Andrew Burnett are somehow more than sort of what the group is about. We know more than you. We have been around longer than you. That's what I got out of this, Mm -hmm. that you got a couple of people that think that they know, and I'm not sure that they do. And I'd love to ask, you know, ex-players about what they would think, but I don't think it's... I don't know. The, uh, the, The one thing that a lot of people have brought up, and so we should put out here to be fair, it was pretty unfair to the training staff or to the other people who were going as well, who can't afford, like if over the summer, Ryan O'Reilly decides, yeah, I'll just go see fucking you two at the sphere. I don't know how long their yeah. residency is there. He can afford to do that. He'll find his way in the assistant equipment guy. Yeah. Maybe can't. So that's a bummer, but you are all here because of the team. Right. And, and we yep. all in some way are tied to the performance thing. One element that has been brought up is Nashville, has been pretty good for quite a while, but now are in this retool, rebuild, whatever you want to call it. And is their market prepared to support them through this and buy into it? You can't be getting smashed like that on home ice in Nashville. I think maybe there's something to that. But just in general, it's it's um, if you want to hear what some some players think, they did ha- they did talk about it on the hockey night panel Saturday night. So Kelly Rudy spoke about it. Kevin Bieksa weighed in on it and Rudy said he didn't like it and Bieksa said he was fine with it but with the caveat he goes when you're at home you don't fuck with people because you throw in an extra practice or you change something that was my afternoon to spend with my kid or you know we've been on the road for a week and a half or what there has to be a slightly different approach on the road you are only on the road because of the team right you are there to do team things 
And if the organization decides we're not flying to Vegas three days early to have this fun little experience, we're going to fly later and we're going to practice at home because clearly we need to, then that's okay. And, and Rudy thought it was over the top harsh, but I thought BX's point there that there's sort of two different worlds you live in, in terms of home versus away. And at, in terms of some insight, I found that interesting. Well, that is an interesting way to look at it. But I also think sometimes, I think it's hard even for ex-players. It's great to ask them. Yeah. And I just said, I'd love to hear from them. And I would like to hear. I think that's a really um, interesting observation by him. But Kevin BX is not 21. No. Right? He's not 23 years old. And he's 23 cares about seeing you too. <laughs> yeah, maybe not, right? But the point is, is that sometimes I think we, we ask these ex-players about their experiences and they are not in touch with the new generation right. about how they That's right. how they think, how a 22-year-old star yep. thinks um, it's a different generation. And I'm not, I'm not blaming the X player. I'm just saying if you're, if you're 40 or 50, like Bieksa was a good player, but yep. he wasn't like a all-star player. Nope. He's really good on television because he gives his frank opinion. Yep. I think he's awesome. But do I think that Kelly Rudy or Kevin Bieksa are in touch with what a 22-year-old right. player on Nashville is thinking right. and feeling? No, I don't. So I love hearing from them and I want to hear those opinions. It's interesting insight that the home versus the road thing, but I just, again, we, it was good that we let up with the, the Haley Wickenheiser, almost like you planned this in advance to have some continuity in the show with me on it, which is really hard to do <laughs> to when people give their 100, no matter what it takes for them to get there, I guess right now even though I don't like it and I don't believe that Trotz and Brunette have the pulse of their team as, as new people into that organization. Right. I guess I have to believe them until it doesn't work. Yeah. If that makes any sure. sense, because if they're doing this, the dog days of like, I told you, and I think I was right about the Morgan Riley thing. Think that. Um, and the Leafs and how this would turn their season yeah, around. Yeah. Something in the middle of the dog days of January and February has to turn the emotion around on a team. And if I argued that Morgan Riley was pissed off for a month and he found the right opportunity to do something about being pissed off and to send a message to his team, mm -hmm. that that was actually the right thing to do, which by the way, they're five and oh, have I mentioned that? Um, <laughs> So it was the right thing to do. I guess I have to believe that Barry Trotz and Andrew Burnett, that this will be the right thing to do until... You've gotten their attention. Until You've it proves you wrong. Their give a shit be meter back into... Because I... Ha yes. Yeah. I think something with teams... And again, I'm a big Devils fan. Yeah. One of the greatest years that they had, Larry Robinson came in and they fired their coach with eight games to go yep. in the season. Yep. Because they were very, very worried that they weren't going to be able to reach the potential. Eight games left. Yeah. They fired Robbie Fatorik and brought in Larry Robinson and they won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, that's what happened. You don't, I, 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 he's the guy who chucked the bench, right? Threw his bench out onto the ice. Yeah. Yeah. It's a but, good, great clip. But the whole point is that if you have the pulse of your team yeah. and you know that something has to change, for the team to go in a different direction than the direction that they've been going in, 
I'll give you the benefit of the doubt that you know what you're doing until it proves sure. wrong. I don't love the fact that Trotz and Brunette have a, a lack of experience with that particular group. Right. So I'm wary that this will work out. Okay. But I'll trust them, I guess, until it happens. I didn't have this on the agenda, but you brought up the Devils. I want to ask you quickly, um, have you heard in, in Portugal, was this headline news that the Jack Hughes girlfriend story? No. This, this weird. No. There is a woman out I there. I only saw, what's his name? Um, Nico Heischer swear on. I grabbed that too. That's going to end up being an outro on, uh, on the podcast for a while. Yeah. Thank you for coming. <laughs> I can't, I, I got it here, I think. Thanks for showing up. It was fucking amazing. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. sorry. Very quickly. Sorry. Yeah, I immediately realized my mistake. <laughs> I, I did see that and got a good laugh. There, uh, but I, what's the Jack Hughes story? I there, don't know this. I should know a, this. But. An, uh, it's not even really a Jack Hughes story. He's just sort of tangentially involved. There's a woman out there who I guess has been telling everybody and posting online that she is Jack Hughes' girlfriend. Okay. And going to insane takes or lengths to get this done, like spending thousands of dollars to always be in the front row so you can kind of take selfies like you're in a VIP section, right? How else would I always be here? She is finding pictures from members of the Hughes, fit, like Quinn or, or Luke or whatever, of Hughes family gatherings and like posting them like, oh, I was here at their whatever, summer barbecue or whatever. See, because obviously I have pictures of the Hughes brothers standing together around the, the lake or the barbecue, whatever. This has been going on for weeks. And somehow this has just leaked out that, you know, this is happening and it's become, uh, what was the guy's name? Teo? Remember the guy? Manti Teo? Yes. That, that crazy <laughs> ass story. Yeah. Um, that's sort of what this reminds me of is this woman has, and, and built herself a social following off of it, like a devil's influencer or whatever. And it's just in this last week kind of come to head, like, have you ever even met Jack Hughes and- Right. He's sort of been like, yeah, I don't know who that is. <laughs> I'd like it if she'd stop posting pictures of my family on her Instagram page. <laughs> it's creepy as shit, man. Yeah, we live in- People are weird, man. We live in an internet world where I think we're getting smart enough to know that, I think, that even that people are doing this, they people follow along and it's like you want to believe it, but in the back of your mind, you know it's not true. If you do a good enough job um, for a little while, you can probably get away with it. Before people go, oh, no, I've seen that picture before. That was on Quinn Hughes' page or yeah. whatever. Right? Now, I guess my question would be. I will warn you that my knowledge of. Why doesn't, yeah, but why doesn't <laughs> Jack Hughes just come out and say she's not my girlfriend? He probably, until like this last week, didn't even know this was a thing oh. that was happening, right? Like she's not dumb enough to keep tagging him. Um, <laughs> right, but somebody's, somebody's going to get to him yeah. and go, hey. And I think that has happened now. This, like this, this is now a thing everybody knows is, oh, she's full of shit. <laughs> Anyway, but you a, wonder, just a weird story. But you wonder if, if they come together and to do something and to <laughs> make sure that everyone knows it's a hoax, but they're all in on it together <laughs> right. so that there's no ill will. You hope that maybe something like that happens. Maybe. That yeah. maybe they have some fun with it at the end. But yeah, weird stuff Depends. happens. Jack Hughes. It's happened to a number of, of people that I know. I was going to say, you're a big celebrity. Anybody ever claimed to be... Uh... To be dating Lever Sage? And, yeah. uh, no, I had some weird. Um, everyone's got stories and stuff. I, you know, like a bunch of, and everyone gets this too. Um, I found it weird, first of all, with the fake accounts and like the burners. The yeah. people saying that 
it was me and like they were pretending to be me and people <laughs> believing. And it's like, I'm not on social media. Like this isn't me. And then someone would come and say, I can't believe you said this. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I really don't care. Like I'm flattered that somebody would go to these lengths. To pretend but, to be you? Yeah. Like why? You, there's so many other people. I did have, <laughs> I did have one person, um, which got a little weird. Like the only time I had to, to contact the IT department was, okay, can you, can you like at least look into this? Was somebody was writing me messages as like a, a woman trying mm. to, um, you know, be very suggestive yeah, okay. and all of that stuff. And was never, like I never responded to it, but it kept coming and coming and coming. And it was just, I guess it bothered me enough at some point to go to the IT department to go, can you just stop this from yeah. happening? Like, I, I don't know what this is or whatever. And I never knew what it was right. until like two years ago. And some guy came up to me. Oh, no. Yeah. Some guy came up to me at an event and just said like, I'm, I'm really sorry about having to come and tell you this, but this was me the entire time and I was having some fun with you and probably shouldn't have gone that far. And hey, that's what I, uh, that's what I did. So I took his apology and said, you probably shouldn't have done that, but no harm, no foul, no big deal. And uh, I don't know why he came clean. He he moved on, and that was it. That is a uh, man. I don't know how you segue over. Well, that. you don't. You yeah. probably say we need a break. We need okay. another beer. Oh, okay. and we need to try. I need a little bit of time to kind of calm down and tell myself how good the Leafs are, how much I love the Leafs, how much I love Sheldon Keefe and Morgan Riley. We're going to talk some sense. And, and to try and calm myself down when you bring up the name Vince Carter. I'm going to try very hard yeah. to be as calm as I can. Okay. And it's only a hope yeah. right now. I'm it's, not going to tell you I'm going know, to be. I don't even have that. Okay. Yeah. I actually don't. Yeah, I wouldn't have a lot of hope. Either. I'm just going to, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll try. Okay. So- We'll take a little break. We'll come back. We'll you talk some sense, me some Vince beer. Carter, yeah. some Leafs, we'll, uh, and we'll go from there. Okay, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Will you watch my phone? Why don't you just take it with you? Hey, we haven't been on a second date. She needs to hear me pee. <laughs> All right, we're back in, and uh, we're going to have a... Yeah, there was not going to be any easy way to segue us. You were right. It's time to take a break, and, yeah. and, and so we got a new beer here. This is one that I, I figured had Lever Sage's name all over it. CMPB, baby. It's a chocolate milk peanut butter pour. Oh, yeah. I'm excited about this. Um, I think I've had this before, but I haven't had it in a while. Who this one's from Imperial uh, City. Yes, Cernia. I believe I've had this one before as well, but it's a it's a gooder. But I haven't had... Probably I, haven't had anything like this no, in months. No, it's been very much uh, like lager, 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 lager. Yeah. And then mix in a couple of... Uh, German, either Heffenweisen or Dunkels or Pilsner. Um, a snur, as the kids call it. So again, Superbach was the big one in Portugal, either Superbach or Sagres. And Superbach in the big one liter bottles. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm going to ha actually have a sip. This is so good. 
just fantastic. Yeah. Yep. Like I've missed yep. that. Yeah. I, I've missed. That's a beer. I've missed this. <laughs> and people who don't like chocolate or peanut butter or sweetness, you will hate this. But if you like that kind of stuff, you will love this. 100%. Because there's a lot of flavor. Right up front. Oh, just coming at you. This is my type of beer. The So the big one liter yes. uh, bottles of Superbock were between $1.60 and $1.80 euro, depending on where you'd find them. So give or take three bottles of beer yep. would be a liter right. here. Like yep. if you just get the normal bottle of beer. Mm-hmm. So I just saw in the LCBO, first time I've been in the LCBO in a long time, coming over here, um, they had Superbach, which I'd never seen. I knew they had like beer Moretti from Italy and uh, Peroni from Italy and a couple other things, Peroni. but they, I'd never seen the Superbach. Maybe I hadn't looked for it. Maybe I didn't know it was Portuguese before, but there were six bottles of it, which would be two, it cost you 360 euro. Yep. Okay. It was 1450. <laughs> and I'm telling you, like, if you like a good kind of normal lager, yeah. it's decent. Sure. But that's all it is. Six of them for 1450? <laughs> Are you out of your mind? <laughs> Again, do you remember the story where I bought 15 bottles of beer Moretti in Italy and it cost me 15 euro? <laughs> Oh, I miss Europe. Oh, I went to Sintra. You never let me finish the Sintra story. Oh, it's true. I didn't. Yeah. Oh, we'll get to Sintra. We'll get to this. And you never did. Is the show over? It might be, actually. (laughs) Oh, we have a lot to get to. But Sintra is a place just um, a little northwest of Lisbon, not far. Right. Like a half an hour. Um, But maybe 45 minutes if you have to drive on the road, which you do because (laughs) it's another... Um, it's right here, but to actually drive up the mountain, it's like three kilometers and it takes you 25 minutes. Right. It's nuts. Um, but if you've ever seen on Instagram or uh, other places they do, they capture, it's this castle that's on top of a mountain and the castle is yellow and red. It's very, very bright. Um, it is, uh, it was insane. Um <laughs> The whole thing was insane. It, it, the walking, like you had to park a kilometer from the place and that was sort of the best case scenario. Right. And the walk was, it wasn't a walk. It was a full hike. Okay. <laughs> like down up the mountain and then you get to the entrance. And as soon as you get to the entrance, there's a sign saying you're only 30 minutes away from the castle. And I'm like, what do you mean? We just walked in the, the front entrance. <laughs> no, it's now a 30 minute hike once you get into the grounds. It's like trying to go see the senators. I'm in Ottawa, aren't I? Yeah, it's it's further. It's over there. It's not that bad, but this this one was a so long- the guy who lives halfway to Kingston. <laughs> or Perth, no, I, I grew up, I told you this before, and I won't change my opinion on this ever, and I don't care if it's old man, get off your lawn. When I was young, what- an honor and a treat it was to ever, ever have somebody say, would you like to go to the Leaf game? Mm-hmm. And if you w- had to go- Still an honor and a treat. And if you had to go, if you got tickets to go and sit in the blues or the grays, because that, 
Yeah. Even maybe you got a green, but to sit in the golds, never. Never. Reds, never. meh. Meh. But maybe. I do miss the colors. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you sitting in the reds, I'm in the greens. Well, they still have those at Toronto, but they're not known as that as strongly, right? Like it's platinum and then it's gold. And yeah, it's, and it stands for a little different. Yes. Platinum as opposed to the grays. One time I actually saw a game in, I was really young, and I think it was the game that um, Mark LaForest fought <laughs> Sean Burke for some reason. Or anyway, it was a goalie fight. Yeah. But I remember thinking, I was really young, thinking, that is so cool that there are two people, and I knew it, two people in the building that had worse seats than us. <laughs> Seriously. That's it. Last row grays over in the corner, and the two people to our right technically had the worst seats in the had building. Had like a pillar in front of them or something? Or... Yeah. But, well, it, I, I, but I, my I, whole point here quickly is that if I had to go to the game, I had to get on the bus which took me yeah. 45 minutes to get to... The same, right? I lived out in Oshawa. It's a it's a, a drive and then a go train and then a, you know, before you actually but get there. But it was a 45-minute bus to Young and Finch, right? which was the beginning of the subway yep. at that time. I don't know if it's extended. It's probably extended now. But Young and Finch. And then it was... known for its great transit expansion. About a half an hour to 35-minute subway ride yeah. to then about 20 minutes from the station that it let you off to walk to Maple Leaf Gardens. Nah, it's not that far. It was like a block east from there. It was, oh, you would have been over on the west side. Yeah, okay, maybe. Um, yeah, it was a little different. But anyway, no one complained. No. Nobody. Oh my God, I got tickets to go see the Leaf game tonight. Did it take you two hours to get there? Yeah. And you know who gave a crap? Nobody. <laughs> Stop complaining. I sat in the worst seat in the house, I think once at the ACC. I used to get to go fairly often. I've told the story on the pod. My dad knew a guy and so dad would buy up like 10 seats a year and I would end up, yeah. or 10 games a year, I mean, and I would end up with a certain number of them to go with a buddy. And those were always really nice seats, and, but it was just, got lucky, knew somebody, right? Uh, after the 2012-13 lockout where they played a half season, um, I won a contest through the Leafs website to go to the home opener. And literally we were up in one corner on the third deck, literally back to the cement wall. Like you could not have gone further back in the building than we were. And honestly, it was fine. Like there's not, it's a small enough building. There's not really any terrible seats in the AC. But I do remember looking at my buddy going, I bet, I bet legitimately these are the The worst worst seats seats in this building. Well, Um, and I'll never forget, but before I'm sure we'll get to other topics here. Yeah. Uh, Exhibition Stadium, going to games in Toronto to see the Blue Jays. And they had that outfield, they had the wall, right? The home run wall. But they had the stands because the, the ballpark was sort of positioned in a the way that... Corner of the football field. That you, <laughs> if you were in the one side of the stands in the outfield, you were kind of either in the outfield or you started to go out of the park. Yeah. But when... The Yankees are like, they're huge games in the, in the sure, playoffs. Sure, they opened it up. They, they just opened it up. And it was like, how far are you willing to go down? To, You're sitting 30 yards behind to, the center field right, walls. Right, to just move further. And looking to your right. The, like, like, <laughs> but complete right. Yeah. Like, you, yeah. And I remember sitting in those seats. And I can't remember exactly where, but going, we're a long way from this. But I'm really appreciative. Like, we're at the game. It and a it's a treat to go. It's so cool. Yeah. but. Uh, I think the Blizzard lost that game, 3 nothing. <laughs> Do you know who the Blizzard are? No, I don't. Okay. They were the soccer team that played at Exhibition Stadium, mm. the Toronto Blizzard. Okay. 
And I was just making someone will get that. Joke. No doubt. Um, well, I want to. I want to ask you about the sense here briefly because you've been away, man, and 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 people are looking for your sense yeah, takes. Let's go. No doubt. Yeah. And so I'm curious because you have just arrived back in the country. I don't know. I, I know you kept up with the storylines. I know you watched some yep. highlights. I, I. But now that you're back, yes. And Jacques Martin has had some time to mm-hmm. implement his system. I'm curious. What is it when you sit down? Are they playing tonight? Thursday night? Yeah. This, uh, so this will probably Dallas be tonight. Right. So this will probably be, that's a tough go. Yeah. Uh, this will probably Vegas be on Saturday, right? It's not getting any easier than, nope. okay. So this will probably be your first chance to watch a game start to finish for the Sens in a while. I'm curious. Since the beginning of December. Yeah. What you'll be looking for or what you think from here on out, you want to monitor as they go or like changes from, for like, is there something specific that you'll be keeping an eye on because we do this all the time, right? Like if you have a niece or a nephew who lives a few hours away and you only see them like once every couple of months, I'm like, Jesus Christ, they're three inches taller again, right? Like yep. it, it jumps up on you when you don't see them. I'm wondering if you're expecting anything like that out of the senators from when you last saw them to now. I actually, I'm glad you brought this up because I'm actually pretty excited to watch them tonight, which Quite frankly, I haven't been excited to watch them in a bit. <laughs> no, I think that's a common refrain. But I'm excited to see them tonight, to see exactly what you're talking about, to see how different they really are. Because no matter how many long, like you can watch, I know a lot of people, especially that I met in Portugal, so many Canadians over there, and they all, because the games are so late, they never watch the games, but they watch like the seven or eight minute, sure. 10 minute, the extended, hi- highlight, extended pack. highlight pack. And yeah, you can... Kind of see, but you can't really see right. some of the things that, um, so. Cause the record has been better. Yeah. So I'm excited to see, um, number one, what, like I keep hearing about, um, and everyone's got an opinion, right? Oh, Norris isn't playing that well, or, yeah. you know, Stutz has been up and down or they're getting no goaltending or, you know, Shabbat's a little different now that he's on the trading block and. So I am excited to kind of see, first of all, just, I can't believe I'm saying this because I never thought I'd be one of these people, but I'm excited to see just where they are in their own end and like what, like I'm so trained now to, it's really easy to see when they're not playing well in their own end. Mm -hmm. Like when guys are racing around or they don't know their assignments, Right, it's quite easy if you've been watching this team as a fan for a long time to, to know that, hey, Drake Batherson has no idea who he is that's supposed exactly to. exactly the name I was going to yeah, use. Yeah, but that's who everyone He's uses, right? He's the chief right? offender, yeah. He, because for a long time, I could watch him in his own end and go, I know right now that he doesn't know right. which guy is his or what to do in this particular situation. And those situations have to come up. Mm-hmm. But when they do, you kind of see him and a couple other guys. What? Well, like, Dallas and Colorado, they're going to come off. <laughs> right. But Or Vegas, you said. Uh, I think it's Vegas. I'd have to look right. again. It's Dallas tonight for sure. Okay. Um, I'd ha- when they look around and you can see that there's a defenseman and a forward and they're both kind of looking at each other. Yeah. Going, where are we? Okay, I think you're supposed to be here, which means you can't have that. It's got to be natural instinct that you absolutely know where to be. And the great teams, when the Sens had great teams in the early 2000s, Mm -hmm. it was really a treat to watch. And these are all great teams. 
when you watch teams that have been there and done that. I know the Sens didn't win the playoffs, but in, two, uh, in 2003. The conference final, yeah, cup final. Two, but even in the regular season, when they had Redden and Chera and Phillips, and you just watched them in their own end, and it was clinical to what, they were supposed to do. Now, right. they didn't always have success. Or, X to Y to Z. Yeah, nobody's perfect, and, and go, but and... there wasn't this mass confusion right. in their own end. And you knew that at some point that is only going to benefit if the forwards are a part of that. Mm-hmm. Then when the group figures it out in their own end and can move up the ice, whether you score or not, to me is almost irrelevant. The more positions you put yourself in to score, right. you will at some point. If not, you got to get more skill up front mm-hmm. to be able to do it. It's how you move from your own end through the neutral zone and do people know what they're doing to put yourself in the places where guys like Stutzla and Brady and Norris can be creative on their own yeah. to be able to, because that's what offense is. Hate to say it, folks, you can line up and when you see your coaches and your assistant coaches and they call timeout and they're drawing all this crap on the whiteboard, it's like if the perfect situation arises, this is what you do. But 99% of the time when you lose the draw or the draw gets tied up in the middle and, and guys are going everywhere. Or if your D just can't get it it's, it's, into the, your hands to do it. It's pure yeah. luck. It, but it's it's creative, it's skill, it's in the moment. It's circumstantial, Things that Stutzla yes. has that other guys don't have. Right. The, the more situations you can put yourselves in to have that happen, the better. 100%. Because then you're going to score more goals. Yeah. It's how you move out of your end, and do you look organized? When it was really interesting, right, to hear even Steve Steo say, pretty much, DJ's a great guy, but, right? And it was yes. a big, there's a big but. Yeah. But we weren't as organized as we need to be. It was a big butt, and he could not lie. Jacques, oh. Do you picture Rachel or Ross doing that? <laughs> oh, this is going to become a friend's podcast. Yes, it is. Future, because sure. the second you bring it up, do you picture, when you say that, Ross or Rachel? I picture Mix a lot. <laughs> oh, my God. Stop it. In that moment, I was not thinking of the friends. Well, you should have been. Yeah, Ross. Yeah, yeah, I understand that they did do it. And it was awesome. Yeah. Who's the best character in Friends? Go. Think. Janice. Uh, yeah. Sens fans are so pissed right now. We took this long to get to the Sens and we broke it up to do no, a, I want to a friend's because, because I know Jacques Martin more than most. I interviewed him a thousand times after the game, right after the game. So are I you probably, looking to see, like, is this a, and this is going to be unfair, but is this a morbid curiosity to see, okay, Jacques has implemented his system, who... Like we use the name Batherson, is he irredeemable or has Jacques been able to reach him? Or is it more, have they been able to buy in as a team? Like when I use that example of yeah. your niece or nephew who lives several hours away, it's because everyone else who sees that kid every day doesn't even notice that they've grown again. But you do because you haven't. And that's what you're going to get tonight watching the Senators is fans who have seen some improvements and acknowledge that to you, this could be jarring. This could be a totally different defensive scheme with now one or two, again, maybe unfairly, we'll use Batherson as the example. Oh, they're all back in the zone. They're all doing this. Batherson still has no clue. It's clearly him now and not coaching. Like, is that the lens you're looking at or is it more of yeah, a... Yeah, I'm looking at it as, has this group changed and decided that they, on their own, want to get better? And by that, I mean, listen to the coaches and sure. and 
understand what you're trying to do. Yeah. And if they are, then the one or two that aren't are going to stick out more before under DJ. I think a lot of guys stuck out because a lot of guys yeah. weren't doing it because it didn't matter if they were doing it or not. They you were couldn't going. even tell. They Does were, he not know right. how to do it or he's just not giving and a ba- shit about it? And Batherson was, is always the fall guy yeah. because he doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. Yeah. But there were six guys oh, yeah. that didn't know what they were doing. Right. And Or didn't care about doing it. And it was hard to tell right. the difference in the DJ era. And when you get the mix, and this is what happens to bad teams, what happens is you get the six or seven guys that either don't know or don't care. And then you get the six or seven guys that are really, really trying to do what the coaches are asking. Mm-hmm. But because the other guys aren't, sometimes yeah. they're going to look bad. Yes. And they're third or fourth liners and they're not I good enough. I make a pass to nobody, but there should have been a guy there. Right. I made the right pass. Brady, yeah. Brady gets so much love because of who he is and his character. And when you're able to score like Brady or or Tim. Yeah. People forgive your mistakes, but when you're a third or fourth liner and you can't score, you you don't don't have the talent, you need the other guys to buy in because when you're doing the right thing, if the other guys aren't, you're the one that's not going to look good. Yeah. So I'm interested in how the group is moving up and down the ice. I don't care, number one, if they score, and I don't care... As long as they're not getting 11 shots a game. Or how many yeah. How many did the Leafs get in that game? Is the Devils six? I think it was six in that I mean, playoff. In 2000 game. playoffs? That was jarring. But yeah, it was a six. Yeah, it was, it was a six. six. Shot performance. So that was amazing. I love that game. I yeah, could go back yeah. and watch that game. Don't, uh, don't, don't love it quite. No, it was awesome much. to watch. Go fuck yourself. It was a defensive clinic. Um, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. The, as long as they're not getting 10 shots a game and have no chance to score, I don't care how much they score, and I don't care if they're actually getting goaltending or not, as long as it's the goaltender's fault. Do you know what I mean? Like, if if Corpusallo or Forsberg are just not making saves, but the team is playing okay, right. and they're just not making saves, I don't care, because the team is then getting better. There's still a different reason to care. You do have... Corpusella for another four years after this one. I want to ask you, going by next week, because yeah. you'll have a chance to watch yeah. some games, I want to know what you think of how the slotting looks. And like you mentioned, Norris has been taking some flack here. I believe he was actually scratched for most of a period here the other day. Good. Um, but having, about, okay. having Pinto back. Stop, hang on, stop that. All right, all right. Because I'm so happy. I didn't know that. I'm so happy to hear that. Well, he's normally a pretty responsible No, but guy. things, it just, my point is, DJ would have never done that. Right. Never. Right. To Norris, to Batherson, to Stutzla, to Brady, to Sanderson, to Shabbat. If they're playing badly, he never would have sat them right. down. Jacques, Will, I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> so I just, when you come in here next week, I, I'd like to know, I'm going to give you some homework to just how... How different is it for you yeah. looking at Pinto being back in there and allowing that to push down a Costellic or a Rourke Chartier or whatever, and not have one of those guys as your 3C, right? And allowing, if you do need to scratch someone for half a period or send a message or whatever, it doesn't bury you because you're not using someone who cannot possibly play up into the top One of the six. things I've seen over the last little while on social media has been the Here's the record with Pinto, and here's the record without Pinto. Well, to me, it's not even just Pinto. It's just the three of them all in the lineup at the same time, right? Because Norris had some injury issues as well. Like, 
the times that they've had all three guys, Stutzla, Norris, and Pinto up the middle, it's been pretty limited up until this last month, and it does look different. Now, they had a bad week last week. Steve Warren pointed out that they were 28th in the league, faced three of the four teams below them in the standings, and got two out of six points. That's not a good week. But before that, it did look like the ship was turning, right? They were winning some games, and it did look like they were starting to feel better about what they were trying to do. Uh, And it's a long season. Sometimes it's just a bump in the road. Or was it a warning sign that this is still not quite good enough? So I'll be curious from now until we get together next week, you get a chance to look at those three centers all in the lineup at the same time and see if yeah. that makes you feel any different about the future of, of where but this is But what going. I'm not going to do, and it, I understand because fans, and I, I did this sort of ad nauseum at the radio station, it drove me nuts, um, about a team that's not going to make the playoffs having a bad week or a good week in January or February. It's like, okay. You're seeing nothing but backup goalies what, what, and teams who aren't But what I'm not going to do and, is like, okay, you got two of six points against these teams. Like, you're in trouble. And, oh, my God, you beat I Vegas. only bring it up because no, you, it comes off a pretty good stretch. My, you're like, oh, no, you, what no, just No, but my point is that I don't care if you do that. And I also don't care in the middle of January and February if you happen to beat Dallas and Vegas back-to-back. Right. It doesn't mean you're where you need to be because you won those no. two games either. But so, you, you weren't here. When you were last watching them, they did not – they did not have all three of these guys. So I just want to know if yeah. you think it makes them look more like, okay, you know, maybe not the results, but like, no, this looks like a playoff team now, or this feels more legit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I yeah. do, yeah. but I'm going to judge them from basically when Jock took over and till the end of the season and yeah. not in these sort of two or three game, five game stretches. Leaves the guy who tells his teacher why he's not going to do his homework. I'm just asking you to keep an eye on this one thing. That's all. I... Yeah, but here's the difference between me and you. Mm. My teacher believed well, there me. There are many of these. No, and my teacher believed me, and I got the extension. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I I don't believe you. Yeah, no, you should. <laughs> um, I got many extensions. No, I I, I believe that. I think I mean, the uh, disappointment was what the teacher got after the extension. Yeah. Oh, you, <laughs> you still did it poorly. <laughs> exactly. uh, let's get Lee fired up here because we saw this week. You all right over there? Oh, I'm going to stand up for this <laughs> oh. because I'm really going to get fired up. Okay. I'm going to tell you before you start this yeah. that probably, and I'd have to think about it, I, I've changed. I used to have, like, people used to kid me because, you know, oh, you have a Mount Hate More and, like, who's on the Mount Hate More? And it's LeBron James and Tiger Woods and. My goodness. Um, These are your hateable fig- figures? No, like way back. Yeah, All right. they were. All right. and, and you know what? I think both of them, have, both of those two gentlemen have changed my mind. Sure. Um, probably my most, I'd have to think about it, but my most hated athlete of all time mm-hmm. is Vince Carter. So I'd like you to continue. Yeah. Uh, Vince Carter, and I don't know all the details on how the NBA does their Hall of Fame, but he's been put forward this year to be nominated to go in. Um, he is the 20th highest scoring player in NBA history. He also played forever and people who've listened to this show know for a long time that Mark Reckie is my poster child for not a hall of famer. He just played forever and racked up some points due to longevity. 
You could easily make that point if you wanted to on Vince Carter. He's also the only NBA player who appeared in four decades. Uh, of course, late 90s to early 2020s. Um, but all his numbers, all his averages, everything he does gets pulled down by the fact that he hung around forever, right? He was a star, and then he was a guy, like a starter, and then he was a really good sixth man, and then he became kind of the veteran that you just sort of keep around um, because he enjoys playing and he's fine with his role. And now we sit here and he's being put forward for the Hall of Fame. And he was asked on, I don't even know what this show is called, FanDuel has their own video streaming whatever, and uh, they asked him this. Which jersey are you rocking Hall of Fame if you had to choose Toronto. one? Both legendary stops. Yeah. Toronto. Mm. Toronto. It, 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 I mean, it has to be. That's where it started. That's where it all, you know, to continue the, the rise. Yes, I had great years in Jersey, but it started there. And my confidence and, and, and understanding the player that I, I, I could be in the league was, was trending upwards still in Toronto. So emphatic. He says three times before they're even done asking the question. Jersey, are you rocking Hall of Fame if you had to choose Toronto. one? Both legendary stops. Yeah. Toronto. Mm. Toronto. Now, he left Toronto under pretty suspect circumstances. You think? You think? Um, he got booed for over a decade after he left. Should have been booed for two decades. Before finally, uh, <laughs> you know, they gave him some love later on in his career when it was time to move on. And, yeah, and people didn't know. And the 10-year-old that that didn't have one clue about what he actually did to harm the franchise, you know, thinks that he's cool because now this 10-year-old's 25 years old. and You are and fired up. Man, you are ready to go here. And so I just want to list one more thing before I literally give you the floor for as long as you want it on this subject because clearly you are raring to go here. You mentioned correctly that he damaged the franchise, his reputation, uh, and the things he said on the way out, that he wasn't really trying as hard as he could have no, anymore. Fucking I'm, quit. I'm not going to dunk he quit anymore. On yep. his team. Yep. Yep. He quit yep. on the city. But, but we all talked in 2019 when the Raptors won the NBA championship about the basketball culture in Canada. We all see the improvements on the national team. There was a very noticeable Vince Carter effect in Canada while he was here before all that other stuff. Now, I. I'm one of those guys. I'm a spiteful whore, much like yourself, clearly. I was fine. That is a not very nice way to describe me. I don't care what you describe yourself as. I don't think don't I'm describe far me. off the mark No, here. you're bang on. Yeah, the okay. fact that you would say it to my face. <laughs> so I was fine with the booing. I don't really want to do the statue thing. I don't really want to do the jersey retirement thing. But he gets to choose his jersey. And if he feels like it's Toronto... I don't really feel like I get a vote on that. You clearly feel like you do. Take it away. <sighs> okay. So I think when you're a fan and I watched, like I was there the first season in the Sky Dome when the Raptors were playing. The Bulls. And I was so excited that Toronto had an NBA team. Mm -hmm. I I literally was, I hated the name Raptors. Yeah. Um, I hate it. It's funny how you just get used to it, but oh, it is but kind that, of a no, dumb no, name. No, but, no, but that's names in, yeah. in general. 100%. And everyone who got all upset about the Red Blacks, I'm like. We got a new lacrosse team, the Black Bears. It's just a name. Should have been tied in together. It's just a name, though. The Red Black what, Bears. And people say, what's a Red Black? I tell them, who cares? It's their name. Like I don't even know why I tried. The Lakers, I don't know why you do either. 
You just said I could have the floor, and then you're trying to make these right. dumb jokes. Right. Uh, the Lakers are the Lakers, dumb and jokes. they moved from Minnesota. There isn't a goddamn lake anywhere near Los Angeles. Well, there's one really big one. It's not a lake. There's no lakes. You say tomato, I say tomato. Yeah. Yes, the biggest body of water <laughs> in the world, the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. yeah, it's not a lake. It's a great lake. Uh, no, the Great Lakes are in Canada. I understand. Okay, so point is just a name. Yeah. I was so excited, and I was actually really upset when Damon Stoudemire left the Toronto Raptors mm-hmm. because he was kind of the face of- Yeah, our first star. The first star. Yeah. Okay, but then Vince Carter came. Mm-hmm. And look- I'm I, I'm going to go off on him again, and I, I'm going to try to hold back. But this is just a matter of the fact that I am so kind of scorned by him that Vince Carter, and I want to say this up front, has never come out and truly whether he has said it a couple of times or I don't even know if he has, what I do know is I have not witnessed personally mm-hmm. Vince Carter coming out and actually telling the people of Toronto and the people of this country that he was such a massive star. When he won that slam dunk contest, mm-hmm. it was it's still one of the most iconic moments it's in the over. NBA. And he's telling you it's over because it was over. And God damn it, we had a star. We had somebody that wanted to be yep. in Canada, that wanted to represent this country and to do it in the NBA. Oh my, like we we all just fell in love with this guy. Yeah. And he turned his back and he fucking quit on our fucking country. And I don't swear a lot on this show. No, you don't. I don't. And I, because I, I really try to not, and I understand we can, but I don't like to a lot because sometimes I don't think it's as appropriate. And just because we're on a podcast, you'll need to do it all the time. Um, this fucking guy quit on his team. He quit on the fans. He quit on the country. Mm -hmm. He quit on the organization that made and he demanded where he wanted to go. And as you said, I, it first started with, I'm not going to dunk anymore. Then it was basically, he stopped trying yep. to play basketball, getting paid to be the face of the country in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I have never heard Vince Carter sincerely apologize for what he did. And I still hold it against him. And I know that maybe other people say, well, you shouldn't anymore. And you know what? The guy's actually a really good analyst. And he played to play a professional sport that's as physical as basketball for as long as he did. It, sure. It's actually Credit an, to him. It's yeah. an incredible achievement. Yeah. I, I'll never hold. I, I don't care that he's my most disliked. Yeah. Athlete of all well, time. And he, and he's, he's, you can has, hang around for that long? He has said in a couple of interviews, like uh, I brought up, that you know, the longer you hang around as a bench guy, as a sixth man, your Hall of Fame case looks weaker, right? Because it pulls all your averages down. You're not scoring anymore. You're what he goes, I I just love to play. Right. I, I don't want to leave. I, I I got time for that argument. I oh, got time you, for you you good play for professional you, sports until somebody tells yeah. you that you're not that you're going done. to play yeah. professional sports anymore. Yeah. 
But I am with you. The, his departure was brutal. The relationship was brutal. You you think back to the number of big games he missed, and yet he's back on stage with Nelly in Toronto dancing. And like that knee doesn't look fucking hurt, man. Like, could you just get on the floor and try and help? Like, I'm I'm fine with the. I kind of appreciated the 2014 moment that they had where they finally ran a video package for him. The crowd stood up, huge standing ovation. He's in tears on the court. And the second play resumed, they were back to booing him because fuck you. But we can acknowledge what you did for this franchise when you gave a shit. Yes. Um, He was the biggest star. Perhaps in the league. He was like the you, biggest you star of, in basketball we ever had. That 2000 Olympics where he's leaping over that French guy, right? In the, that's yeah. that iconic moment. Like these are things where you're like, that's a, that's a Raptor. That guy has put Toronto on the map. As much worldwide. as I love Kawhi and what he did to win a world yeah, championship. It's not the same. Eh? It's, it's not the it, same. No. Vince Carter was the greatest Raptor yeah. ever. And yet I don't want him to get a Jersey retirement. I don't want him no. to have a statue, but my We're, point being he gets to pick his yeah. w- what uniform he goes in. And as this is the thing as we come back around to that Apple note where you sometimes write your your comment before the not even a suggestion for a topic, but just like, fuck that guy, I'll kill him if he does it. Or yeah. what, I can't remember exactly what you Something said. Something like that. Yeah. Um, that's got people fired up on both sides, right? That it's time to get over it. It's time to forgive him. Greatest Raptor ever. All this stuff versus that. No, you quit. You don't get to quit. This is sports. I do I don't have to love you anymore when you quit on me. I Seriously, I get but, that. But this is a scorned lover. Yeah. That well, we, we all we are the scorned lover. That's what I mean. Yeah. We all fell in love yes. with Vince Carter. Yeah. And what not only was he able to do on the court, but what he represented when we desperately, desperately wanted a star to want to be in Canada yeah. to represent the NBA. Yeah, he resigned. And and Vince yeah. Carter wanted to do that until he absolutely quit. I've never seen anyone quit like he quit. No, I'm I'm and, with you on that. And I've just never heard him come out and truly apologize. You never will. You okay. Never will. He but, thinks he's right. No, but that's fine. But I'm also entitled of course to not are. forgive him. See, I think you would get me... I thought this was an interesting note that he chose and said, I want to... And like I said, we played the clip multiple times, emphatically, before the guy was done. I was, it's Toronto. It's Toronto. I yeah. want uh, So I thought it was interesting. I would be more annoyed, more fired up, more pissed off if this was, like I said, the jersey thing or the statue thing, where the organization was saying, we're going to acknowledge you. This is him saying, if it's up to me when I go into the Hall of Fame, yeah. I choose Toronto. But that's I, his decision. It is his decision. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I... I that doesn't bug me. That's no. that's him getting to do what he wants to do. And he sh- he should get a chance to do what he wants to do. Yeah, having been around for that long and going into. Do you think he do, when does does that player to you scream Hall of Famer? Because he's just eligible right now. He hasn't been. Yeah, that's a Hall of Famer. I think so too. When you get to top twenty in scoring, regardless of how you got there. Yeah, that's no. You, that's and, a and, that's and, a and top the height 20. of his career. So you mentioned Mark Recchi. at Mark Recchi's height. Mark Recchi was never one of the best Mark five Recchi or ten players. No po- this be- you haven't been here all that long. This has been my thing for a while. He yeah. is the tripwire that sends me off a cliff. At not one year in his entire career was he the best player on his own team. Right. That's not a Hall of Famer. Right. That's just so, a, yeah. Vince. So as much like for a decade, I was hate the best Vince player. Carter. Yeah. Because Vince Carter scorned me. Yes. Because I fell in love with the guy. And he literally left and quit and never apologized. Right. And so 
I'm entitled to feel the way that I feel yeah. because of what he did. And if if other people are good enough to move on and say, I don't need an apology and I'm going to let it go, good for them. Sure. That's amazing. Yep. I don't have to do that. No, you don't. And so I'm not. But to discredit what he actually did in the game and how long he stayed around, at one point, he was one of the most marketable and one of the 100%. best players in the entire league and most recognized it's, it's in post the entire Jordan, league. but it's not quite yet the peak of Kobe yeah. right like he he there was an argument to be made there it was him it was Allen Iverson and and Kobe was on the up like he was right there in that biggest star in the sport and he was doing it in Toronto mm-hmm. huge man put the and like I said when you fast forward 15 years to that 2019 uh Raptors championship that arena is full of people who fell in love with the Raptors because of Vince. Yes. The, the, those, what are they, the uh, satellite Jurassic parks around the country are kids who fell. And you're going to see it again in 10 years that the Raptors of 2019 lit another basketball fire in this country. So, so I agree with all of that. And, and I, I guess I just want him to apologize. I want him to acknowledge how badly he hurt a lot of people that invested a lot of time and money and cared about the team that he literally quit on yeah. and never has really truly again i if you, people want to find a clip in a an article or something where he says maybe i shouldn't have done that right. that's not an apology that's not a a clear i was wrong i quit i'm sorry i wish if i could have it back i would have never done it but when vince carter was playing what's What's the biggest memory you have of Vince Carter in in the biggest moment as a Raptor? Oh, it's the college graduation. Yeah, of course game it is. Seven because it's him being selfish. Yeah, it's yeah. Vince Carter being selfish to him, like to himself, as opposed to what he should have done for yeah. the team and the country. And for people who aren't basketball people, he on the day of the Raptors seventy sixers game seven, he went to his college graduation in the morning and then flew in, made it in time for the game, all of that stuff. But he said he had promised his mom, when I finish school, I will go to my graduation. And it just meant that in that moment, if you want to criticize him for it, which I do, you weren't as focused on the one thing we need you to be focused on right now. Yeah, you made it. but And the whole game comes down at the last second. Raptors down by one. He's got the ball. Throws it up. Doesn't score. You're, you're out. And... Yeah, and he deserves all the criticism in the world for... Was it Charles Oakley who came out years later and said, we win that game if Vince is there and focused and right. plays like Vince instead of playing like Vince who was doing something else all day and rushed in off a flight. Like, well, the thing is... And we'll never know that for sure. No, but, but the thing is, when you get there, your teammates know that you were selfish. Yeah. So I, even as fans, you know that... But your teammates surrounding you know that you care more about yourself yeah. than you do about the entire season and what's gone on. And I understand graduation is important, sure. but you've already graduated. Like, Yeah, not going doesn't mean you don't get to graduate. Correct. Right? And you can throw, as one of the top players in the entire NBA, you can throw the biggest Probably graduation party, party yeah. ever. <laughs> and if you want to rent the grounds that they do the graduation on, yeah. go rent it and do it again. Pay everybody to reperform Seriously. for you. <laughs> you can do anything you want. You decided in your own moment. So the two things I think about Vince Carter, or the, sorry, the three things, is number one, he was the biggest Canadian 
or not Canadian, but biggest star that played in Canada yeah. in the NBA yeah. that we ever had and was the guy that everyone fell in love with. Number two, he quit on his team and literally stopped trying on the floor. Yeah. Like not even saying, I'm, I'm going to stop trying, but then you can see in his play that he's not. No, you could watch him and go, that guy's not trying. Yep. And the coaches wouldn't sit him down because he's Vince Carter. And then number three... That the biggest moment in their history to that point, he decided to be selfish. I've never heard him apologize for it, and I have not forgiven him for it. Right. So he decides he wants to go as a Raptor, his complete choice. It's my choice to still have a very, very big dislike or hate yeah. for the fact that I still feel scorned as a fan who put so much time in to be let down by a guy who quit. Well, and tied to that second one about him quitting and not making an effort creates a fourth one, it's sewered any possible return on the trade. The Raps couldn't, do, this is a guy who looks like he doesn't give a shit because he doesn't give a shit. And so what you're getting for him in return, like, yeah, it was nothing. Like right. Alonzo Mourning, who was like, yeah, I'm not coming. So they got was, nothing you know, for it and yeah. it, it killed their organization. And then all of a sudden he was fine again in New Jersey. So, But it killed their organization. Well, and to watch, to watch him try in New Jersey yeah. was actually like as painful. Like, of course. So, so now I know you've quit. It's like watching your, you know, if you have a relationship and it, it dissolves and somebody doesn't try anymore in your relationship, and then all of a sudden you see them with somebody else and they're trying again. And they're looking great. They've dropped 15 pounds. Yeah, no, and, 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 and they're trying again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't tell me that doesn't hurt. Of course it does. Of course. Well, that's what it was. Yeah. I don't argue. I'm not arguing so, with you. I just so I still I still can't get that out of my mind. And the fact that he hasn't apologized over 20 years later? Yeah. But come on. One of the other things you put in our notes here, and I all I can do again is tee you up because I don't know anything about okay. this. Okay, I'm so is, happy about that. Like, is, is, bring me joy. Bring me joy. Well, you mentioned that curling yeah. has stopped naming the wild card. Okay, so... Can you explain this Yeah, I, I will. Uh, so last night, first night back, sat down, got to watch... By the it's way, tournament hearts right now, right? Yeah, but yeah. I got to watch the entire Daytona 500, and I didn't know who won. I'm a big NASCAR guy, mm. and I was so excited the fact that I'd been off of social media, and I actually didn't know who won. Right, and I got f- three hours to myself to sit down and just watch the race. It was awesome because I haven't had that chance, like other than if yeah, you're, no, if, you're traveling, if you're not watching, no, if you're not someone. watching, like AC Milan or yeah. Fucking Porto <laughs> FC or Benfica or whatever, like it's tennis or soccer, yeah, or soccer or tennis, right? Do you want to watch some tennis or soccer <laughs> or the highlights of what happened in tennis and soccer? I think I'll read a book. That's all that's on <laughs> ever, ever, ever. And so, I guess the, one of the questions I'll ask you is: I, I almost got. I was there for so long. Do I actually decide on a team? And try to follow like a, a an FC Porto that has um, the Canadian uh, stuff on. Um, I have no idea. Estakia, oh, Estakio, Estakio, yeah, uh, who plays for FC Porto. See, it, this they, is I, I've been through this a bunch of times talking to people on the NFL. I like the NFL. I enjoy, it, but I don't have a team. And I should find a team because it would get me more invested. Right. When you watch soccer without a team, do you enjoy it? No. 
then no. Well, Fuck the it. World Cup, I, I don't mind. Yeah, of course. It's the biggest thing. Everybody's talking about it. Right. But if you don't enjoy the sport on the face of it, then yeah, no. Fuck it. You're home. You can watch curling. One of the things that I did in high school and college, which actually really helped me with the job, which I didn't know I was going to get, but I actually just loved it, was me and my, my buddies, we had about eight like guys that would be in, and we would do pools, and this will lead back into the curling. We would do pools on like, not only the NFL and the NHL and, and, but we would do curling, we would do auto racing, we would do, and like fully invested. Right. Like now that I've put down 50 bucks as a 21 year old. I did that a few years ago. I have a friend whose entire family and like everyone he knows except me does this massive NASCAR pool. And I was like, can you invite me? I'll give it a shot. Like, let's do it. And and so I threw down my money. I think it was only 20 bucks instead of 50 or whatever. But I was like, legitimately, for the sake of the show, it will at least get me to follow the results, if nothing else. Right? It'll get me to, like, a week and a half in, I was just like, I I don't care. It's just 20 bucks gone. (laughs) Stop sending me me the updates. No, because I wanted to beat my buddies so bad. Yeah, no. When I was young that I I cared. No. And I, I actually really liked curling and auto racing and stuff like that. And the other guys, not necessarily, but they tried. Yeah. And as long as people are trying in pools, if you're in a fantasy pool of any kind, you don't really care as long as people are trying. So. Just didn't care. Just couldn't get there. I know. So couldn't maybe get we'll get you back in. So I got to watch the NASCAR race. Um, and it's an interesting year for me because for a long time, I've been a Kevin Harvick guy. Like Kevin Harvick's my guy. And. I'm watching NASCAR. Kevin Harvick was my guy. Mm-hmm. Well, Kevin Harvick retired, and now he did his first race at the Daytona. He's in the booth. It's great for him, but he needed a new guy. And as yep. as last year was winding down, and it got towards the playoffs, I'm like, I need a new guy. <laughs> so I'm like, who am I going to cheer for? Like, what am I? I'm going to invest in maybe three or four guys that I think I could like, yeah. and then I'm going to I'm going to research them. I'm going to look them up. I'm going to find out their background. I'm going to find out their story. And I did that with three or four drivers, and I decided that Ryan Blaney was going to be my guy. Okay. Well, Ryan Blaney goes on and, like, as the biggest underdog, goes on and wins the championship last year. So now I'm like, do I really want to cheer? Like, I haven't even been invested in Blaney for that long, but now I'm a Ryan Blaney guy, and everyone's going to think because he won the championship. Yeah, you're a front-running dude. Yeah. yeah. But I needed a new guy. So I, I actually went into the race last night because I hadn't seen the results. I watched the race. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm not a Ryan Blaney guy, but I'm going to just let it play out and see who I sort of attract to and who's going to be, Yep. who am I going to follow? If you sit down and watch a hockey game, you can kind of, a few minutes in, you kind of realize for yourself, even if you thought you didn't care, I, I, I it does appear I would prefer one team win over the Correct. other. Correct. Right? Yeah. Like, even if it's 51%, yeah. you want the team to win right. more than the yep. other team. So. I got to sit down and watch the race and, and Ryan Blaney was still my guy. Okay. And so I was pissed when he got in a big accident with eight laps to go. And so that I knew that, okay, now I'm in because right. I, I'm up actually pissed. Yeah. That I he, give a shit about this. That, yeah. So, okay, good. Ryan Blaney's my guy. He didn't win Daytona. Right. Um, stupid William Byron. Daytona. He won every goddamn race last year, but actually Blaney won the championship, so I can't complain. Uh Curling. But curling was a thing that, <laughs> so I grew up with a, a girl named Kim Gillard who uh, ended up on her own. She went to my high school and we were friends because I liked curling and, um, but her along with a couple others in Markham uh, went on, they won Ontario juniors. They ended up winning Canadian world juniors 
and then they won the world juniors. Right. And it was like, oh my God, like we have stars. This is crazy. <laughs> um, and then she ended up being the third to Marilyn Bodo and going on and winning the Scotties and hmm. then the world championship. Right. And it was like, oh my God, I know somebody that's so famous and they're so good at their sport. So I moved to Ottawa. I think I've told you the story, but I'll tell it again for listeners because it's, so I moved to Ottawa. I get an internship at the radio station mm-hmm. and I am making zero dollars and zero cents. And I've just come out of, of college where I went to Wilfrid Laurier University, but then I did a post-grad at Humber. Right. I had zero dollars and zero cents. And then they're like, hey, do you want to go to Ottawa and intern and make no money? <laughs> Actually, yes. Yeah, I kind of do. But yeah. <laughs> I can't afford to do much. So I had, I was on the Carlton housing board to rent a room and a house because I couldn't afford to live on my own and I couldn't, I just needed somebody to say, hey, here's a room right. I'm going to live in. Yep. Ended up being the house of Earl and Maureen oh, Morris. You did tell this. Yeah. And Earl Morris was the first ever curler to curl for three different provinces in the Briar. And so their son at the time was going to university. I they were looking for I think just a little more activity in the house once that had sure empty nest empty and all nest that. and also um, a little bit of money to so yeah. but the, I so I lived in this guy's room like he went to college and I lived in his room. Well, that guy was John Morris, right? And John Morris went to coincidentally Wilfrid Laurier University, which. <laughs> I had just it was in your room. <laughs> graduated from uh, a, about a year, a year and a half before that. And I know he had a distinguished career. I didn't know anything about that guy till the mixed doubles rolled in. Yeah. And, but before that, yeah. dude was like skipping a team that made the Briar final right. in 2001. Right. And also as a third, won gold with Kevin Martin in Vancouver in 2010. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know. The mixed doubles was just like the new. No, I know. But John Morris is one of the legendary. Yeah, he's an accomplished guy long before that. In this country. Yeah. Um, And I lived in his room. So this even more made my curling. um, I've been a massive, massive fan of curling. Nobody else really was. So anytime I worked at the radio station, any curling event that came up, Versage. Yeah, take it and run. You're at the Scotties. We're sending you to the Briar. <laughs> You're going to Kingston. We're not going to pay for it, but you just like- You're going to make zero dollars and zero cents nah, again. They, <laughs> I think they paid for a hotel for yeah, one night. No and I was like, two days, that's enough, but you're going to go on CTV Morning Live. You're going to work from six in the morning till 11 at night. Cool. And, and, and <laughs> But I actually thought it was cool because yeah, I, I love the Briar or I yeah. love the Scotties and I love everything else. So in the last few years, what they've done to change the format, to get back to actually what you asked me- <laughs> is the fact that it used to be just every province would have a team. Yeah. They stopped doing that because they didn't have the best representation in the country. And if you lived in Ontario, you could be the second best team in the country. Yeah. But if you lost in the Ontario final, you didn't make the the Briar or the Scotties, but you were still the second best team in the country. Right. So they decided that they were going to change the format, which is absolutely the right decision to what they should have done. They, you want the best teams that are there. And I don't need somebody that goes up for six months and lives in the Northwest territories to then come in and go, Oh, and 12, like, (laughs) sorry, Kevin Cooey's brother, whoever you are, 
Um, you're not, still not Joe Cooey. Yeah, but you're you're not very good. And just because you've been in nine briars because you represented the Northwest Territories, still not that good. Um, there is some logic to it, though, right? Like we want to do it by region and by. I understand what you're saying. It doesn't always present the best tournament, but if we want to keep it regional and we want to give these people a chance to quote, there was some logic to it. I understand it's a Canadian championship, but yeah. you still want the best teams yeah. there in the country. So if you're the, one of the best teams in the country and you've you've earned your way, like in points and bond spiels during the year. It's a fun word. You should bond spiel? Yeah. Yeah, you should be there. If you've been in a lot of bond spiels, you've played well and you've drank a lot. 100%. That's uh, why it's a fun word. Yeah, exactly. It's been a good bond <laughs> spiel. I think I've told you the story before, but I'll tell people again. So I lived in John Morris's room, and John, no, but John <laughs> went. Just told it three minutes I, ago. <laughs> John went to college, and every weekend, every other weekend, he would come back. And I remember uh, Craig Saville and Brent Lang, who have been, were around forever, and um, Brett screwed Brett. <sighs> Sorry, couldn't help myself. Brent Lang is now the husband of Jennifer Jones. Nice. Um, but, so the second most accomplished curler in his house. Yes. <laughs> but, Craig, uh, but Brent Lang's an incredible guy. And, and Craig Saville, I think, battled his way through cancer too. And But um, they would come home, and this would be their weekend. They would go to Laurier, and I think a couple of them went to like Western or Guelph or whatever, so they'd all be on the same. And they would drive home on Friday night to Ottawa. Yeah. And they'd get home at midnight. Yeah. And they'd knock on my door, which is John's room, which get basically you p- pretty much – Fuck out of my room. <laughs> but knock on my door and, hey, Lee, we're going out. You want to come? I'm like, you're going out. What do you mean? It's midnight. Yeah. They, no, we're going out. A couple times I joined them before I was like, I can't hang with I you guys. keep up with this shit. Seriously, I'm old. I'm like 24. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are like 19. Yeah. I can't keep up. But so they would go out. They get absolutely destroyed <laughs> until four. Straight Bonspiels. No, until four in the morning. Yeah. At seven in the morning, their their alarm would go off, and they get up, and they would destroy three or four teams on Saturday. <laughs> they would go on, they would win the final of whatever tournament make they were playing, the make the final. <laughs> Love Vic Router. Yeah. So, and then they would drive back, but on Saturday night they would also go out and get bombed, of course. And then they'd win the bond spiel, <laughs> and at six o'clock on Sunday night how they found the strength to drive five hours back to Kitchener-Waterloo <laughs> and then go to school. I have no idea. And then they do it all again. The next weekend and the weekend after. And like, I, I'd never seen anything like it because two hours sleep, get absolutely cu- And then they would go out and destroy people. <laughs> they were just that good. Yeah. Um, so that whole thing kind of got to me. And I love curling. And when they introduced... These, okay, we're going to make some changes. We're going to get the best teams in. If you can be the second best team in Ontario, if you've earned your way in through all these, you're going to get in and we're going to call you. So has it just been expanded? No. Like like if the five best teams in the country are all in Ontario, is that okay? Like, will they all get to go? Or is it like, we'll allow Mm. two from Ontario, but we're not going to go crazy. Uh, No, there, there are some, you can have two or three. Okay. But usually there isn't the third because the- because there's kind of a panel that looks at it and goes, okay, if there's a team that's in, like, if they're the clearly the best team in Manitoba, mm-hmm. but then somebody beat them in the Manitoba final, 
we're going to give them that spot, right? No matter what the third we best team in this Ontario, was kind of fluky. Yeah, at, and that's the whole thing. They don't want the fluke win, yeah, to cause one of the best teams in the country not well, that's, to, that makes sense. not to be in a championship. Yeah, but what they did that drove me crazy, and I yelled about it for years. <laughs> Okay, years, and I hope that guys like AJ or Matt Conisvita or Graham Creech or Steve Bunda or, or Jr. or whatever are, li- <laughs> see, are listening to me because all they would do is scream about this. I love curling. Okay, I love curling. The Scotties are on. Oh my god! I got home last night. The Scotties are on. You know what? The first thing I noticed for the last four or five years, it would be okay. The Scotties, um, Team Canada, would be. Uh, Carrie Anderson, one of the best curlers in the world. Certainly Rachel Homan and Emma Miskew and her team, mm-hmm. right? But let's just say Rachel and, and Emma, and team, they lost in the final in Ontario, and then they got in because they're good all year long. You know what they'd be called? WC2. Mm. And on the screen, it would be Ontario facing WC2. Right. And they would never explain to you who the bleep WC2 was. Right. And if you didn't if you're a casual fan like you yeah. and you'd look in and you go okay, I might recognize Rachel Holman because she's from here. Right. But who the shit is But I don't know yeah. who this person is where that person is and now you're telling me that they're wild card 3. They don't even have a name. Right. Because they had wild card 1, wild card 2 and wild card 3. And when you'd watch on TSN, it would be Carrie Anderson, wild card three. I have no idea who this goddamn team is, and I want to watch your sport. I want to watch it. I want to follow it. But tell me who it is. And you don't even know. And then they. Yeah, you've never sat down in the wild card round of Major League Baseball, saw a scoreboard that said wild card one versus wild card two. You're going to have to give me more than that. But imagine the casual fan who's never seen baseball. The New York Yankees are taking on wild card one. That's what I'm saying. You yeah. would never see that. They would still let you have a name. Correct. You would, you would still be the White Sox or and and, and for like four or five years, the White Sox. <laughs> the White Sox so why? That was a weird poll. It was. <laughs> but for four or five years, it just drove me crazy <laughs> that I wanted to watch your product and I'm doing the show and there's a TV on. And Rachel Holman's taking on WC2. Right. And I'm and I'm doing the show, but I kind of want to see what's going on. And I have no idea who WC2 is. <laughs> and then they tell you that Wildcard 2 is four and three, and this is a pivotal game for them. Right. But right. I don't know who it is. Right. So I don't care. It's also harder to get invested. When I turned right? the like, TV on last night, they had the names of the teams who it was. Mm-hmm. And they told you it was Manitoba 2 and it was okay. loss. Okay. So I knew instantly that this team was from Manitoba yeah. and Caitlin Laws was the skip. Yeah. And I know who Caitlin Laws is. Yeah. And I know who's on her team. So I know Jocelyn Peterman's on her team. And I know things about this team. Finally, you've told me yeah. on television. You've given me a reason to stick around who and care. This yeah. is. I literally flipped out. I I, I was watching. And I, I saw the the PWHL and I'm flipping around. And AEW Dynamite was on last night. And mm-hmm. I finished the race and I stopped on the curling and I went. I jumped up. I went. Yes, somebody listened to me. Who did this? It was a really defining moment for me. I'm getting that. Um, because somebody and I would ask. This is the thing. So we would have 
when the Briar would be on or the Scotties, especially when they'd be in Ottawa, I would be the guy to ask. Like we'd have the the tournament organizer of the Briar on, mm-hmm. or whoever was running the Scotties. I would ask them about this. <laughs> like, why do you name these teams this? And they would have no answer for me. Right. And I didn't mean to be a a jerk, but I wanted this fixed. And now I got... I demand satisfaction. No, but last night I had this redemption satisfaction moment (laughs) of watching like Kerry Anderson taking on this MB2 laws. And I'm like, oh my God, I have finally done it. Somebody five years after I started talking about this, Started listening to me, which means Matt Robinson, folks, in another four and a half years, will start listening to me. Yeah. Probably yeah. somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'll be at least that long. But Anyway, I, I'm just so happy to talk about yeah. this because yeah. uh, I'm going to watch it tonight. Like, I'm, I'm excited to going go home back to and watch curling. I'm going to, well, I'm going to watch Sens in Dallas tonight. But right. Yeah. But there's I'm, lots on. Leafs and. In Vegas? Dude, there's been nothing on for three months in my world. Right. Okay? Just soccer highlights and maybe some darts. Big in darts in Portugal? Uh, I know no, it's but every time... Thing. No, okay, so the di- one of the differences between Italy and Portugal for me was when you were in Italy, um, it was... You would meet Italians. Yeah. But that's it. Makes sense. No, but that's it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so in Portugal, you would meet a lot of Canadians but a lot of Brits and a lot of Germans. Right. So clearly a destination for them. And for me to even tell you, I could do a whole show on travel now. Um, the things I learned on this trip uh, will take with me kind of forever, but I can't, I can't imagine myself not being in Portugal again in the next four or five years. Like Portugal was nice. one of the most magical places I've ever been. And I did quite a bit of it. The only city that I really wanted to get to like city was I didn't get to Porto, Mm -hmm. but I did Lisbon, did the Algarve. I got to Sagres, which was the, you know. Home of Trevor's family. The, you know what? Like do your homework, do your history. In the 1100s was thought to be the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And I got to the place that was the end of the world until they actually ran into parts of North America by accident in the 1400s. Oh, shit. There's more world. Seriously. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. They thought that Sagres at the end of Portugal was the end of the world. And they didn't find out till the 1400s that it wasn't. Um, no but one, I did- No one wanted to paddle. I, I did halfway up um, between Lisbon and the Algarve. Uh, I did- a little bit north, Mafra, Sintra, um, some other spots north. I just didn't get to Porto and, and some of the real, but you can do Portugal in about, if you drove from the top of the country to the bottom, you could probably do it in six hours. Right. Um, it's just. You can't get the hell out of Ontario. In no, I explained to people 18. too. I explained to people <laughs> in Portugal too, that I did a drive where I got home from Melbourne, Florida in 20 hours and 45 minutes, which is Melbourne's about three hours deep into Florida on the east side. Right. Um, it, I can't get out of Ontario to go to Manitoba in that time. Nope. I can get to Florida before I can get out of Ontario. <laughs> hey, have you ever been to Manitoba? 
I've tried. It's hard. It's the end of the world out there, I'm told. What? <laughs> no, I got to Thunder Bay and was like, no. So, no more. That's it. No moss. I'm going home. No moss. <laughs> Turn around. Yeah. But, um, but just one of the most incredible places I've ever been. Lots of Canadians. So chill over there. The people are unbelievable. The beaches are, you've never seen beaches, anything like Portugal before. Um, I even got to one of the beaches, the waves, because you hear, I didn't get to Nazar, which was really disappointing, but um, there, there, I see all these things on Netflix about the, the, the surfer that wants to conquer the 100-foot wave, and that's where Nazar, Nazar has like the, you know, on, on windy days and stuff, 60, 70, 80-foot waves. Mm. Um, I did get to a place that was about 20 to 30-foot waves, and I literally was scared for yeah. my life and in awe and thinking this is... This is nuts, and surfers are out there. This, and this might be the end of the world. No, but right surfers here. were out there. Yeah. Like, it was no big deal. And ki- no, but, like, 11-year-old kids are going out there and, like, where are your parents? Do you understand what's <laughs> happening here? Um, but uh, just one of the coolest places I've ever been, and, and can't imagine not being there. Uh, loved Italy, but Portugal was just it was incredible, incredible. And so be back there, but now I'm here. Yeah. Well, we're happy to have you back in another place that has a lot of Canadians. Are you? Which is, which is Canada. Are well, you happy? You know what? I'll, I'll ponder it here for the next little bit. This was a- uh, Old pal? This was, yeah. This was- Old pal? And yeah. everything. We'll see what title of the beer I have for you next week. <laughs> I know. I actually brought you a beer, but- Bit of a nuisance. I brought you a, a, well, it wasn't cold, so we didn't get to it, but maybe next week you'll get to it. Yeah. Um, and then I- I've always promised. I brought you something new that you have not had. So okay. I still did that today, yeah. even though we didn't drink it. Right. But I will continue on that uh, that hunt because one of the things that I've missed about Canada and the craft brewery scene here mm-hmm. is that there just isn't a lot of choice over there. And, and you're drinking, you know, a, a lager or you're drinking a... Yeah, I got more styles of beer in my fridge than they have in their country. Correct. Yeah. So... Even though it's like dirt cheap, which is great, yeah, uh, there's just not a lot of variety. So when I've had a chocolate milk peanut butter porter God, just gorgeous. a day and a half in so good. from Imperial City in yeah. Sarnia, I'm really happy about it. And I will continue to bring you some things that I haven't seen before. I haven't actually seen a lot because I'm hoping in the like two, three months I've gone, things have kind of changed. Sure. Maybe there's some new stuff out there I no haven't doubt. seen. Yeah. Old pal. Old pal. It's good to see you, man. Yeah, you too. That's where we'll wrap this one up. I don't know what day it'll be next week. Do you want to move back to your normal Wednesday for a Thursday drop? Stick with Thursday? Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, I mean, you you tell me when to be here. This Our relationship is you tell me when to be here, and, and I'm trying to make it. <laughs> You're the boss. That is the only element where I have some control. No, it's your show. <laughs> it's your thing. Um. Yeah, I, li- I, I liked the Wednesdays for a Thursday drop. I, I I thought that worked well before you you left. We were more how, flexible once you were gone. How about uh, we do Wednesdays with a Thursday drop? Yeah, <laughs> good call. Yeah, that's good thinking by you, isn't it? Though, yeah, I'm glad you thought of that. No, it's 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 actually amazing to be back, and it is really good to see you. And I know we're gonna catch up and do some real cool things here in the future, and I'm excited about that. But it's really nice to just sit back and and have a beer and catch up. Same man. 
good to see you. Good to have you back in the country. And uh, we'll hit it just one more time here for you before Go we... fuck yourself. Uh, it's said with all love. Christian's the best. Though. You understand that that's such a compliment. <laughs> we'll have Lever back in here. You heard it here first from him first uh, Thursday morning. He'll be back oh. uh, next week. What a commitment. Yeah. Honestly, uh, if you missed it on our last show, it was episode 1259, wherever you're hearing us right now, uh, Andrew Stoughton from the batflip.ca was in here. Lots on Jays. Uh, spring training is underway. Whit Merrifield's gone. He, oh, no. Oh. Yeah, we didn't cry a whole lot about that departure. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, check out his work at the batflip.ca. And of course, uh, his appearance here on episode 1259. That was a lot of fun as well. Uh I guess that's going to do it for this week. Rob will be back on Monday morning, leave her on Thursday morning, and no doubt by the time uh, next week rolls around, we'll have another guest or two lined up as well. So that's where we'll finish this off. Good to have you back in the country for now, at least. We will consider deporting you again later. You know what? Mm -hmm. Porto, part of deporting. Porto Uh, might be uh, my new uh, team. I like how you did that. Okay. Okay. Take that as a compliment Mm -hmm. rather than you deporting me. Um, It's nice to be back. Believer Sage. My name is Matt Robinson. We'll see you next time. Thanks for showing up. It was fucking amazing. Sorry.